0: Little Jesus Syndrome, Part 2. Welcome to Part 2 of Little Jesus Syndrome here at the But I Don't Know Podcast. Thank you so much for joining in. For those of you who didn't catch Part 1, jump over to our YouTube or our website or our something and go listen to part one, our website. For those of you who don't know, www.dunocast.co.za. That's wwwd tcoza You're getting faster there, John. I'm becoming a bit of an auctioneer there. My name is John. My name is still JP. Even in part two, all the way, all the way. That's fantastic. Let's jump straight into it. Yes, from where we left off. So, JP, yes, I think the next thing we need to pay a little bit of attention to. Um, we were talking about like the little gods uh, syndrome. For, uh, we should actually give a bit of context for those of you who don't know. We we're talking about this dude who tried to fast for forty days and forty nights, dry, like no water. He pegged. He didn't make it. Kicked the bucket. Done. Sorry. Game over. So that guy. Sure. So we were talking a little bit in part one about how much should we like literally imitate the exact works that Christ did. Um so when we left off, there was something in particular that I was gonna bring up now. The greater forgotten.
1: works than these.
0: The greater works than these, but there was one other thing that the, I wanted to talk the, about. Yeah, you can't remember either. That sucks. It was three days ago, it is, okay? <laughs> it is what it is. But let's talk about the the concept of the greater works than these. So, um, we spoke a little bit about how people who try and emulate certain things that Jesus did could be um, specifically an issue of pride, like in the case of the 40-day fast, very often, and then... We also spoke about how other people could just sort of do things in the way that Jesus did them because they don't know a better way. They don't know a different way. Um, And so, this concept of doing greater things Mm. than Jesus has done, I think is quite an interesting topic of conversation in general because there are charismatic churches and Pentecostal churches around the world Who are doing some pretty weird things, Mm -hmm. just to put it bluntly. Like some pretty, pretty wacky things. Pretty wacky. Like whacked out. Wacko. Now, the question is, do those wacky things, how do we know if a wacky thing like that fits into the category of greater things than what Jesus did? Or, is there a complete misinterpretation to those, to that? passage. Well, that's
1: what I wanted to say. Is it's, it's, it, it, it depends on how you interpret what it means to do greater things. Because there's no, there's no dispute that Jesus actually said this. I mean, yeah. I can read the passage for you. Please if do. You want me to. Um, so, it, it's in, in, in the book of John, chapter 14. It's your book, verse 12. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. And so that's pretty. I mean it's pretty there. It's pretty. It's it's there.
0: It's there. there. So so what is your thought? Like, let's quickly deal with specifically the Um the wacky things that charismatics sometimes do. Would those fall into the category of greater things? How would we know so, is the question.
1: So give me an example of a wacky thing.
0: So there was most a testimony of some dude from Ahop, I think. I, I might be wrong about where it was from, but he like walked into the church service. They're having a prayer service or something. And he felt like God told him to roar like a lion. And so he just kept roaring like a lion. Just like, like roaring, like a lion, loud, very loud. And then when they asked him why, he said, no, he's roaring for the people in China. (laughs) Because God is the Lion of Judah. Okay. And so he's roaring. Okay. (laughs) Roaring. Roaring like a lion, he's roaring. <laughs> like
1: I'm trying to figure out, in what way would that be a greater works than what Jesus did? I mean, Jesus went around. You know, if you want to take a, an interpretation of and greater in, um, how 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 would I how would I word this? Greater in power, greater in impact, greater in those sorts. The the way that you would interpret that. Jesus went around healing the sick and raising the dead. And this guy's making noise in church. How is that greater in that regard?
0: So you just downplayed that guy's roar to just making noise in church. bro. Poor dude, you know, he thought he was doing the Lord's work. Look,
1: look, look. (laughs) If God told him to do that, do it. I'm not going to say don't. Do it if God told you, but yeah. it's
0: like. Oh. But now that's that's essentially the thing. That's where I was leading with this whole point: is how do we determine what is within the biblical, biblical, <laughs> biblical bo- 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 mm. bo- also in the Bible? <laughs> what do we determine what is within the biblical constraints of that statement? Greater things. Mm. Now I know what you're saying is. Well, if it's greater, it has to be greater. And roaring like a lion is not necessarily greater. In the classical, well, in the way that these people would interpret that. Now, some people would say, well, it's greater in other ways. Maybe 30 people in China avoided decapitation because of his roaring. We could never know. But. Effectively, the question is this, how do we determine whether a miraculous act, or at least a pseudo-miraculous act, depending on what you're looking at, falls within the biblical constraints of what is allowed that isn't described in Scripture? Because there's a potential trap that we fall into. On In part one of this episode, we're like... You don't have to do exactly what Jesus did. Like if Jesus fasted for forty days, you don't have to go fast for forty days. The well, whole point.
1: Fast for three days.
0: You know. but the whole point is like that. It's not about doing exactly what Jesus did. It's about living. I want to use a very new age terminology here, but oh. bear with me. It's about living in the spirit of Jesus. Oh no. <laughs> Joking, (laughs) (laughs) no, but uh, but you know, the Holy Spirit forms us and molds us and shapes us, so this is what we would say we'd say, like, we have a calling Mm. in our identity in Christ, we find our identity in Him, we have a calling, but that calling is not necessarily to just go and fast for 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus did, our calling is contextual to be like Jesus. In our context. But now that means we end up doing things that are not described in Scripture. Mm-hmm. But now, very often, we're the kinds of people who would say, Oh, look at that weird, that dude's roaring like a lion in church. Where does he find this in the Bible? This doesn't happen. This is weird. It doesn't happen in the Bible. Now, we're using a somewhat random example. But my point is... There was a guy up in North Africa who told his congregation to eat grass.
1: Mm.
0: And everyone was like, that's not biblical, bro. Nowhere in the Bible do we see people eating grass. But on the other hand, we're being like, don't do exactly what's written in the Bible. Oh. So where's the where's the balance?
1: We do see people yeah. eating grass in Scripture, bro. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> He was mad like a cow, and he walked on all fours, and he ate grass. I mean, but that's yeah. besides the point. I see what you're saying. You, I see you what get you're my saying. point. I see what you're
0: saying.
1: <laughs> but I think that's that's sort of a a straw man f- fallacy because we're not we're not saying that you shouldn't. Well, we're not saying. Uh, let me let me just rethink. It's a it's a straw man fallacy because it's saying that well. We're saying because we, we don't emulate Jesus' actions precisely, Well, when we say that things aren't in the Bible when people do things, it, that's the same thing. It's not the same thing, you know? Um, the difference is the Bible and the, the, the entire Scripture is a is a complete unit. Yeah. And its purpose for the church is, first of all, teaching them the gospel, and teaching them the means of salvation. Yeah. But secondly, it's also the precepts and the 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 way that we should live a moral life in the church. Yeah. You know? The works of Paul, the works of Peter, the works of of, of John and these people, they've written to churches in order to specifically instruct them what to do. Right? Yeah. So the life of a Christian is found in scripture. We are just saying that the difference is the life of a Christian well, let me put it this way, the life of Jesus isn't normative for the life of every Christian. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're saying. Is we're saying, well, we have to put things in context here. When when we read the letters of the, the apostles, that is normative. Yeah. And that is um, prescriptive. It's not descriptive. And there's there's the difference. It's yeah. saying that well, just because one part of scripture is, is is descriptive, not all parts are descriptive. Yeah. And so what we're saying is when we when we look at the prescriptive text in in scripture, and we see what these people are doing, and we're saying this is weird. This is not in accordance with the prescriptive text of of, of the Bible. Yeah. Therefore, that's that's a good enough reason to say we must be careful.
0: I understand exactly where you're coming from. For sure. Now I want to bring a different angle into this conversation. We're going way off topic here. Ah, it's what we do. That cool. is cool. It's
1: what we do. So other
0: people, we're actually now talking a little bit about uh, the working of miracles and stuff. We've come from fasting all the way to the working of miracles. I mean, it was bound to happen. Charismaticism. Um, some people would have would make the suggestion. Because we're talking about what's normative, uh, what should Christians do, what shouldn't they do. Should they fast for 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus did, um, or shouldn't they? Um, And what's weird and what's not weird. Now, some people would look back at some of the Old Testament stories, for instance, and they'd be like, some of the things we read there are weird the only reason why we don't find them super duper weird is because we've learned them from when we were young. And like they've become part of the biblical narrative that we've heard over and over and over again. Sure. So, for instance, Jeremiah having to lie on his side for ages. Just lie there on his side. Just... uh, just. When he was done doing that, you know what he had to do. <laughs> he had to lie on his other side. It's weird. Yeah, it's like, what? hey, 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 Jerry, hey Jerry, <laughs> why are you lying there, bro? Nah, uh, uh, God, God told me to. <laughs> now, what would your view be if you were walking down the road in a little old Newcastle, South Africa, and there was some rando lying on his side? And you happen to ask him, hey, 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 bro, hey, bro, why are you lying on your side? And he's like, God told me to.
1: I would think the guy's weird.
0: You would, wouldn't you? I would think he's
1: a whacker and I'd move on.
0: Now, that's the interesting thing here is because that's what some of these sort of charismatic circles would suggest is that the things that you consider normative in Scripture that you would read – Jeremiah did this, and it was good. Well, why do you think that's normative? No, I'm not saying normative. Actually, I'm not meaning normative in the sense of it's prescriptive to me. I, I actually just mean normal. Oh, okay. In like the that, sense th- of these sorts of things
1: happened in yeah, the Old Testament. Okay, we're familiar with yes, it. Yes, yes.
0: And like when we're looking at works, mm-hmm. we often try and line them up with Scripture. Sure. That guy's doing that. What does scripture say? Sure. There's a guy lying on his side. What does scripture say? Sure. There was a guy lying on his side. Mm. This God works this way. Mm. But until Jeremiah lay on his side, God didn't work that way. And in fact, God only worked that way with Jeremiah. Mm. So, it's like, now what if you walk past a dude on the side of the road and he was stuffing his face full of pancakes all day, every day. And you asked him, why are you doing that? And he said, God said so. <laughs> Immediately, you're like, dude, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Don't make a mockery of my God. But like, wouldn't you have said the same thing to Jerry? No. Um, I think <laughs> And there's
1: a reason why I say that. And the reason is a good reason. I hope so. Okay. I'm formulating my thoughts here. Jeremiah, there was a very specific time in in the history of Israel when he did these things. Yes. You know? And he was called as a prophet. Now, the scripture gives tests to see whether or not someone is a, is a, is a prophet of God or a, or a false prophet. We read this in, in the book of Deuteronomy. And so, what I would do in those days... Is I would have gone with the text that I had, which would probably be like the Torah, mm. uh, you know, the the and and I would go and I would see this oak lying on his side, and I'd be like, "Hey, G- Jerry, what are you doing lying on your side for?" And he'd be like, "God told me." The first thing I would do is I'd say, "Okay, well, let me go and look at the text," just like you said, yeah, right. And I would see, okay, there's tests for for prophets. And there's tests for yeah. false prophets. And then I would test the track record of Jeremiah, apart from this thing, to see whether or not it, he holds up. And I would have seen that it, it holds up. And I would have said, okay, well, y- you obviously are called to be a prophet. You know, and mm. so...
0: Enjoy your nap, And th-
1: Therefore, I leave you in peace. I <laughs> hope that, you know, God <laughs> works miracles through you and I <laughs> do my thing. I don't know what I'd like, go selfish or something. I don't know. When I when I encounter something like that today, it's a bit different because we've got the full, we got the full text, we have got the full canon, you know. Um, Now there's there's question whether the canon is open or closed, but I mean I believe that it's closed. I I believe you believe that it's closed as well. So we've got this. Okay, so now we go. Okay, we see this guy lying on the on the on the street. Says that God told him to stuff his face with pancakes. I'd be like, okay, well, first of all um you know i i
0: first of all gluttony is a sin but overlooking <laughs> that let's continue the conversation
1: <laughs> oh but i would i would sort of follow the same thing i would say well let's look at the scripture what scripture says about how god works bc
0: yeah no I... a a a a A.D. D? A.D. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. We both felt stupid for. A oh,
1: for sure, for sure. But I would say, um, well, uh, okay. Hebrew one one is a is a is a clear passage for me that there are no more prophets like in the Old Testament. You know, Hebrews, Hebrew, he he says in, he says. Well, in the olden days, God spoke to the forefathers th- through the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I take that to say, well, the, the era of prophets are gone. There are no prophets anymore. Now, I'm yeah. not saying um, that the gift of prophecy isn't a thing. Uh, I'm not saying that because I believe that it is. Because we read that in, in 1 Corinthians. But I believe that the office of, of, well, not the office of prophethood, but let me, let me just say that I wouldn't say that this guy lying on the street eating pancakes is a prophet. Because, well, Hebrew 1-1 tells me that God doesn't really work that way anymore. He did. Yeah. But that's over. And I don't have reason to believe that, you know. And that's the thing. is is I would have reason to believe that Jeremiah was a prophet. I wouldn't have reason to believe that this guy was a prophet.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, effectively what we're talking about here is we're comparing if there was somebody fasting for 40 days and 40 nights compared to if there was somebody stuffing their face full of pancakes, both of them saying, God told me to do it. The one saying, I've been told to do this because I must do exactly as Jesus did. The other one saying, I've been told to do this in spite of what you find in Scripture and in yeah. spite of any biblical precedent. Which one is right and which one is wrong? And ultimately, when it really comes down to the wire, none of them are right and none of them are wrong. Yeah. And that's really the crux of the matter here, mm. is that the Bible teaches us that we should allow the Holy Spirit to teach us all things and to guide us and to mold us and to shape us and to form us. Um, but importantly in Ephesians, it speaks about we have been saved unto good works that have been prepared for us beforehand, mm. which is a conversation maybe for another episode sometime. But effectively, one of the things I take from that is that there are good works that only I can do. Yeah, Like, for instance be a good husband to my wife. Sure. Only only John. Nobody else can do that. And I'm called to do that. It's my good work. Yeah. Jesus didn't do it. Yeah. Jeremiah didn't do it.
1: Well I mean we could say that Jesus is the bridegroom oh, and then, like You know yeah, no.
0: <laughs> we could. But like you know you you kinda get what I'm saying. Yeah. At the end of the day, I believe that every single Christian In some ways has a unique calling. Yeah. And by unique calling, I don't mean that there isn't a universal calling on Christians to share the gospel, be an ambassador, um, and to practice the ministry of reconciliation that has been passed on to us from Christ. That's a universal calling. But there's unique callings placed on each person, on each individual. And in some way, even those unique callings could be universal. In the sense of, I believe that one of my primary callings as a Christian, and the same applies for you, is to take the things God has given me naturally and to use them to His glory and His honor. Sure. Now, the things God has given me naturally and the things He's given you naturally are different. So, in a sense, it's a unique calling. Yeah. Only you can do what you can do yeah. and only I can do what I can do. Yeah. But ultimately, we're both doing the same thing. We're bringing glory and honor to God through the things he's given yeah, us yeah, yeah absolutely and so it's in some ways exactly the same calling and in other ways completely unique and in that sense i feel like we are to imitate christ directly you read from john what chapter now uh 13
1: 14? R- 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 14
0: 14 uh like two chapters later or somewhere i don't know But somewhere between chapter 13 and 16, I know this because I've been reading it like crazy over the past few days. I just can't remember exactly which chapter this was in. But Jesus says to the Father, he says, glorify yourself by glorifying your son. I can't remember the exact wording. I feel like I should have known that much better than what I did.
1: Glorify me so that I can glorify you.
0: Something along those lines. But effectively, my point is that Jesus' desire when he prays that prayer is that the Father is glorified. Sure. If you read through it. I can't remember exactly where it is. Slip my mind. But his desire there is that the Father is glorified. Um, And I think our desire should be equally the same, Mm. that God is glorified and that He's glorified through our gifts and talents and the way we use them and the way we handle them and manage them. I don't think that the only way God can be glorified is by me doing exactly step-by-step formulaic things, like, for instance, see a lame man and go up to them and say, silver and gold have I none. But that which I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. It's not like a formulaic sentence mm. to make a lame man stand. But for the glory of God, God may choose to do a similar work through me. Yeah, And I pray he does one day that would be fantastic. But I digress. The point is... I can walk up to ten lame men and say that exact sentence out of the King James translation, and it could do absolutely nothing. And most likely, will do absolutely nothing. Mm. I guess.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's the thing. Is is well, that would but now that wouldn't be imitating Jesus, now would it? Yeah, yeah, no, but doing... I'm I'm just no, no, I saying I in terms of just...
0: that biblical precedent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, yeah. how do we how do we determine? Because that's kind of what we're talking about here. Is like, what do we do exactly, and what don't we do exactly? And that's... I think you've actually dealt with it in the previous part. Yeah, anyway. that was my point. Yeah, the whole issue of like what is prescribed and what isn't, mm. and the Bible's relatively easy to understand in that regard. At least to understand, is this a prescription or is it not? Yeah. Um, Because the Bible uses language that guides us through that. Yeah. And so if Paul's writing a letter and he's busy describing what this church was doing, that's not prescriptive. And if he changes his tone and begins to direct them and guide them, that's prescriptive, yeah, and the language is relatively easy yeah, to yeah, understand, yeah. Mind, yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah, um, and so that should be I mean, our we, focus we, at the end of the day.
1: This is not. This is not a new concept yeah, in, in human language. I've got a few minutes. I just want to say this, but it's not a. It's not a new concept in human language. If we read a book, let's say it's a, let's let's say it's a motivational book, right? we read a motivational book and in this motivational book which happens a lot the author tells a story of a person
0: yeah
1: the actions of the person isn't the call to action that this author has and no one no one uh reads this book saying well this is what i need to do yeah. i need to do what this character did or i need yeah, to do I what this person
0: get on a plane and
1: yeah yeah but whatever. often often we use stories or, or um, descriptive language in order to convey a point that we put then in a prescriptive way. Yeah, and we say, "Well, this guy did this, and so, like this guy, you should, um, you know." And I can use the, the example of Jesus here. He went uh, l- well. Let's let's use the Sermon on the Mount. Goes up on the on the mountain, he gives the world's best sermon. Sorry, Stephen Furtick. <laughs> Jesus gave the best sermon.
0: And sorry, John MacArthur. Sorry, they're, John MacArthur. They're competing. I yeah. yeah.
1: Sorry, vodi um, Jesus gives the sermon, and uh, in the Sermon on the Mountain, he gives prescriptive things, right, of how to live. But the story of him preaching is a descriptive thing. Yeah. Right. So he preaches this this sermon, and then afterwards he goes down from the mountain, and he sees a person um, that's got le- that's got leopards. Leprosy. Leprosy, <laughs> and he heals them. Yeah. Right. And so the 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 Bible's well the the, the thing when we put that story into um, context with the rest of what Scripture teaches us. The, the, that's descriptive That's a descriptive text We are not called To go And to Preach on a mountain To go down and to heal <laughs> Lepers Lepers Okay But we are called To practice what we preach Yeah And that's what Jesus did there And so the The, the, the descriptive texts Do have a purpose And the purpose Is to Give weight to to a prescriptive yeah. text, um, and you know, again, it's not a it's not a new this is not a new concept. It, it happens, it happens all the time.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. I absolutely think it's relatively straightforward in that regard. If we had to take the issue of the fasting, for mm. instance, um, the first thing I just want to drop, which we mentioned last episode as well, is that the Bible isn't particularly clear on whether Jesus had water or not while he was fasting, although there's definitely reason to believe that he only stopped eating food, because nowhere does the Scripture say he was thirsty. Yeah. It only speaks of him being hungry. Sure. So there's reason to believe he would have had water throughout his forty day fast. And that's the first mistake the guy made um and other people have made in the past um with their forty day fast is they try and do it without food and water and then they die. Yeah. Twenty five days in. Yeah. Twenty to twenty five days in on average. Although they say the official Guinness record of somebody surviving without food and water is 18 days. That's the official Guinness record. I don't know who's keeping track of this stuff. Have they seen malnourished children in Africa?
1: Anyway. No, but did they sit there and count <laughs> the days and watch this guy? <laughs> is he dead yet? Guinness <laughs> <If you're> pulse. <disposed. laughs> call, call it. Well done, buddy.
0: <laughs> you made it. It's so know weird. That the guy survive. Oh at, I see. at the eighteen I see, days. I see. so that's okay. the point okay, um but anyway, what I wa- really want to say quickly is I want to say there is some prescriptive things we can take from the fast story mm. um for instance, we can learn from how Christ handled temptations, yeah, we should overcome temptations in a similar yes. fashion, yes by using the Word of God um. But even so, that isn't directly prescriptive. That wasn't recorded there so that we would obey it. Yeah. It's not a commandment. It's not a, a prescriptive text. It's descriptive. And we can take something of value out of it and imitate that thing. But we don't have to imitate the full body day fast. But
1: the only reason why we can do that is because we don't take the descriptive text in isolation. Yeah, You know, we read on We read the words of Paul We read the words of Peter yeah. And like the Bible was never meant to be Bits and pieces You know, sure. or, that you take and, and it's it's meant to be a unit Yeah. And so when you read uh, 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 And that's kind of what my point was you, you read a descriptive text You have to ask yourself Okay, well what, what prescriptive thing Does the Bible want me to take for me yeah. So you read on and you yeah. put all these things into its proper place and you see, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, in conclusion, um, I want to really just say to you guys out there if you're considering doing a 40 day dry fast, uh, don't. Mm-hmm. Chances are pretty high that you're going to die. Yeah. They're like pretty high. And I'm not trying to say that you're not spiritual and you don't have faith. Man, maybe you have all the faith in the world. And if I can reference Andy Stanley from our previous episode, maybe you have more faith than Andy Stanley. Two
1: episodes ago. just
0: Yeah, well, pre-part one of this episode. The prequel. <laughs> um, maybe you have more faith than Andy Stanley, which doesn't take much apparently. <laughs> But my point is, man, just don't don't try to do dumb things. Love your neighbors. Love God. Love yourself. Like, have compassion and take care of yourself and the people around you. Read the scriptures. Study them. Implement them in your lives. I mean, be obedient to the prescriptions given to us in scripture especially the ones where it's like i command you to love one another did you just
1: did you just basically tell them to be christians
0: uh, i think so yeah basically be just be christians be good christians be good christian people don't be bad christian people
1: be good be be better
0: <laughs> be better so we just want to drop a last thing quickly and that is that uh, if you like this new format Let us know in like the comments or somewhere. if you like the split episodes. It's going to take a little bit of getting used to for us. Mm. You might have noticed like when we started this episode, we're like, ah, there was a thing we wanted to say. (laughs) What was that thing we wanted to say? And then we forgot the thing we wanted to say. So it's going to take a bit of getting used to for us. But... Uh, I think it's going to work well. Yeah. I'm be, excited. Be
1: patient. bear with us.
0: Yeah. But let us know if you've got any feedback on that. On that note, somebody did give us some feedback a few episodes ago about our audio, which I hope we've somewhat solved. I've brought the volumes down and added a little bit of different EQ. Um, tried not to make any too drastic decisions at this point because I don't want to mess up a thing that's sort of worked, at least partially for like 40 something episodes but uh, let us know about our audio quality and our video quality which is a little bit sucky at the moment because we're in a different room in my house but that'll change when we can clean up the other room that's what has to happen clean your house ah i'll get to it one day okay bye thank you so much for listening to the newest episode please jump over to our website www.dunocast.co.za That's www.dunocast.co.za And if you like the content that we are putting out there, please consider
1: donating by clicking the donate button that you will find on top of our webpage.